In this episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast, we are going to be talking about something that I kept getting emails about in the past several weeks. I had several people ask basically the question of how do I tell an effective story in my song? I'm struggling with writing a compelling, interesting story with my song. How do I do that? So in this episode, we're going to be talking about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy schedule and your busy week to talk with me about songwriting. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out my free guide at songwritertheory.com slash free guide with 10 different ways to start writing a song, whether you're new to songwriting and you just need to know, okay, where, where do I start? What's the thing that I can start with? or whether you're a seasoned songwriter and maybe you need a little bit of a jump start to your creativity or want to try writing a song with a sort of different way than you usually do because sometimes if we write songs the same way over and over again, we start to get creatively dry. I I talk a lot about how, for me personally, often how I start songs and my favorite way to start songs is usually with a piano riff. I tend to be a very piano-heavy songwriter um, sometimes I use, I, I use guitar as well for sure, but I, I definitely prefer the piano overall depends on the song. Um, and I'm a big fan of piano riffs, you know, something that's a, a bit of an interesting, memorable piano part. So I often start there for many reasons. I think I break it down in a whole episode at one point. So I won't bore you with the details of why it is I, that for me, that is my bread and butter, but it is Something that sometimes, if I do it too much, I start to write riffs that just are like, man, I don't know, it needs a little something more. And sometimes it just helps to go write something else first. Maybe it be lyrics first, or maybe it might be something like starting with a bass line, or starting with just a different instrument, or starting from a totally different standpoint with the instrument that you're already using. So there's a bunch of different ways to start writing a song. It's important not to get stuck in a rut like just strumming guitar chords, for example, which is a very common way for people to start a chord progression on their acoustic guitar. Don't just do that. Break out of that shell. Break out of that box, if you will. Great way to do that. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide for some ideas on how to jumpstart your songwriting in more ways than just whatever your bread and butter might be. So in this episode, we're talking about the keys or the elements for effective storytelling in your songs. And I thought, what better way to do it than literally going through the five essential elements of a story that normally would be used when talking about, you know, writing a book or a movie, but really it's the same for a song. So if we take all five of those elements and then sort of relate it to, okay, but how does that affect my song? How do I, you know, we all mostly understand what most of those elements are in the context of a book or in a movie, but it might not be so clear how it can relate to our songs. So we're going to be talking about that. So what are those five essential elements of a story? They are characters, setting, plot, conflict, and resolution. So we're going to start with setting. So setting is literally just where your song is taking place, right? So setting for Star Wars, for instance, would be in a galaxy far, far away, right? That has different rules than our galaxy, right? There's no force in our galaxy. There, that would be, I said that would be cool. It would probably actually be awful in, in real life, but... Uh, the idea of it is cool, right? The idea of lightsabers is cool, but that doesn't exist in our our real galaxy. But in that galaxy that's very, very far away, a long time ago, it has different rules, right? Whether whether a movie or a book has a setting of, you know, 16th century in Europe or 14th century in Asia or 12th century in South America, it's going to have a different feel, right? They're different settings. There are different cultures there. And, you know, it's just, it should be obvious that setting matters. Now, we probably think about it less when it comes to songwriting, but 
I think that is a mistake. So yes, overall setting is just where your song is taking place. But I think when it comes to songwriting, sometimes it goes a little bit past just that because sometimes it's not necessarily the case that your song has a plot that is physically taking place somewhere. But sometimes if your song is leveraging a certain symbolism, that will be your setting, right? So if you're leveraging the symbolism of you walking down a beach or something, or the symbolism of you are alone on a boat facing the open seas on all sides, right? That may be symbolic, but ultimately that is a setting. Because ultimately when it pertains to songwriting, you can think of setting almost as the imagery that you give. Now it's not necessarily one and the same because a setting can be very literal. Right? If, if your song is taking place at a coffee shop and you know, you're sitting at a coffee shop, you're waiting for your significant other to come in and you just know deep down based on the conversations you had leading up to it that they are going to break up with you that day and that's going to be your final quote-unquote date with the person that's going to be the breakup and you know that and you're awaiting them. right? So literally in that case, you do have a physical setting. You're not always going to have that. But again, thinking of it in broader terms, sometimes if you have central imagery, that can also be a sort of quasi-setting. Like in my example of, say, the symbolism of maybe you're in a boat, all alone on the ocean. Whatever that symbolizes in the context of this theoretical song is not really important, right? But it is a setting in, in the sense that the symbolic story of your song is taking place on the ocean. So one important thing about imagery and setting is of all things that you really need to give as soon as possible, this is, this is the thing, which is actually why I opened with setting. And I've talked before about the principle. I think Pat Patterson is the one who, who uh, I don't know if came up with it is the right term. It probably is something that is predates him, but I know for sure it is in his writing better lyrics book. He talks about the idea that, you know, the earlier you give imagery, it then contextualizes and and you have it the whole song, right? So I, I already mentioned ocean to you twice. So once I say that, right, everything else is in that context. So if in the first line of your verse, you just give a, a throwaway, seemingly throwaway line that sets the stage, right? Like you say something about like smell of coffee or or you mention um, a, a barista or something. Instantly, all of us now picture some form of coffee shop, right? Now, maybe some people picture more of a Starbucks type and some more of a, uh, you know, one-off one that doesn't have the Starbucks corporate vibe or whatever. But we all have a picture in our head now that we wouldn't have had otherwise. If you just start the story with, you know, the fact that you're meeting with somebody and and this your significant other and it's an awkward conversation and blah, 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 you really have no image in your head as a listener until you're given some form of setting, right? Or Or you come up with your own, which can be fine, but generally speaking, you want to have that imagery early because then it adds context to your whole song. So just as a easy example, if the whole first verse talks about um, how you're feeling or, or, or something to do with the story of you being on a boat by yourself in the middle of the ocean, but you never actually mentioned the fact like anything about ocean or waves or anything to indicate where you are, the whole first verse, people aren't really going to have an image. So if you introduce it in the second verse, it's kind of wasted time because the whole first verse and whole chorus, they went through all that time without that image in their head. But if you give the image right away in the first line or in the first couple lines of someone, you know, on a boat in the middle of the ocean, and it doesn't mean you have to be overt about it, right? There's many ways to say where someone is without actually saying, show, don't tell, right? So sh an example of show, don't tell would be like talking about the waves or something and talking about how they are hitting against your lonely boat or something. 
and and with that you are showing that you're probably on the ocean and maybe lonely boat indicates that you're alone. I don't know. I'm making this up on the spot, right? So it's not going to be great, but you get the idea. Don't be overt about it. Don't be like the setting of this song is on the ocean. <laughs> I'm sure you know that, but I figure I just throw it out there. So anyway, if you give it early, that symbolism will carry throughout. So if right away you talk about, you know, the pier or the ocean or some word that gives the imagery of someone on a boat in the middle of the ocean or on the on a walk on the beach throughout the song that image will carry through you don't have to keep repeating it they already know that you're on the ocean if you don't give it till the second verse then the whole first verse and first chorus you didn't have that context and you didn't have that image but if you put it right away in your song, it carries through all four minutes of your song. So if you're going to be really practical, right, you can either make it so three minutes of your four-minute song, they have that vivid imagery, or four minutes out of four minutes of your song. Generally speaking, we probably want to choose the four minutes out of four minutes, right? So, so generally speaking, with setting or whatever imagery that sort of works as your setting, be sure to give that early, Somewhat a way to think about this. I'm a little cautious to, to even mention this just because you might not see this as a positive and I might agree with you. Um, but to some extent, it's sort of like the way you visualize things from a book until a movie comes out. Right? Like you might picture a character a certain way and then the movie comes out and you're like, wow, that is totally different than I pictured in my head. And But then from then on, once you've seen the movie, you can't unsee that, right? So when you go back and read the book, now the image of what they actually look like in the movie is almost definitely going to be the image that you take into the book. Now, in that case, that's rarely a good thing. <laughs> in the case of the song, though, usually a good thing. So you want to give them sort of the movie first in the sense of you're giving an image with words as quickly as possible. That way, when they, quote unquote, read the book by listening to the rest of the song, they already know here's what the characters look like. That analogy was not my best. I know. It's okay. I hope you'll forgive me. But next, characters. So characters, I think, we don't even think about um, when songwriting. And I think that is a massive missed opportunity. And that comes in all different shapes and sizes, if you will. But uh, ultimately, I think it's important to really think through two things. Who's the main character of your story? Maybe three things. And who's the narrator of your story? And is there an antagonist? Is there an antagonist of your story? Usually you're not going to have any more than like two explicit characters, maybe three if you count your narrator and if the narrator is separate from the main character. Which brings me into one of the main points that I want to bring up in this characters part. Which is I think sometimes people get stuck with this idea that the character in their song must be themselves. And that's just not true, right? When somebody writes a movie for, with a main character, I mean, we, we literally have like a, a, bat, a condescending or negative term for when somebody seems to put an idealized version of themselves into a story, right? That's kind of what a Mary Sue is. It's not exactly what a Mary Sue is, but it's kind of what it is, right? And that's a negative term. You don't want something that you write to be called a Mary Sue, a character that you write to be called a Mary Sue. So- it is also true that when you write a song, the perspective of the main character of your song doesn't need to match your own, right? Any, any good author can write characters that are wildly different than themselves, including the protagonist, right? And we should not be any different. I think the easiest thing to do is certainly to write from our own point of view and to have ourselves as the main character, but it is somewhat limiting, and we shouldn't we shouldn't limit ourselves to just that. In fact, I would challenge you to to go so far as even if you sing the song in direct address or first person, where you know you as the singer are presenting yourself as the main character. In that case you still don't have to be the main character. You don't even need to do third person in order to make yourself separate than the main character. So before I get 
too far ahead of ourselves. Let's just start with the first question to ask. Who is the main character of your story? Again, most often it will be you. But it also might not be. Because you might have a certain point of view where you are actually the narrator and you are talking about someone else's life. right? You might be a third-person narrator who isn't really a character in the song and you might be talking about this friend you have who's going through something and therefore the whole, the main character is he, right? Who knows who he is, or maybe you give them a name, right? But that's the main character, separate than you, from you. It also might be true that even though you are singing in the first person point of view or direct address, which are not the same, but I have whole podcast episodes about that, so go check that out if you care. But um, even in that case, again, you might not be that character. For example, uh, the EP I've talked about forever that I need to finish um, that is about someone struggling with Alzheimer's is not really me, right? I don't have Alzheimer's. So I sing, I believe, every song in the direct address, but, or almost everyone, but the character is still not me, right? And, and even the perspectives of the character, I don't know if I agree with necessarily. I, I think I mostly do, but, and it, I somewhat took inspiration from if I were in this person's shoes, how would I feel? So it is a little vague, right? It's sort of me. It's sort of not really me. It's I see it as a separate character, but it's also sort of a representation of how I think maybe I would feel if I were in that position. So it's it's maybe a little unclear, but Regardless, I see that main character as something separate from myself. But overall, the main character, or the protagonist, if you will, is going to be the person who's quote-unquote protagging. <laughs> They're the character that's driving the story or the action further. So from there, once you've answered, okay, who's the main character? What is the story? Who does it center around? Right? Who Who is the person that wants a thing and the conflict... I'm getting ahead of myself now. <laughs> Who is the main person that this song is about? Is it my friend? Is it my parent? Is it my significant other? Is it me? Is it some fictional person that I made up in a theoretical situation? And then from there, is that person also the narrator of the story? If you're writing in first person or direct address, almost definitely yes. If you're writing in third person, almost definitely no. Because you are writing, probably as an omniscient third-person narrator, who is almost not even a character. Most likely, you're not even a character within the song, and you're talking about he or she and what they're doing and what their conflict is, right? So now you as a narrator are talking about someone else's life. And you can even, as a tool, make it that you write in the third person, but actually really the, 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 the he or the she you're talking about is you, right? So, so the, there's a bit of a twist, right? You can write a, a song that sounds like you're singing in the first person, you're singing direct address, but yet it's the character that you're representing as you're singing isn't actually you, but it also can be true that you're singing in the third person, but it's totally you when you're talking about he or she. Example of this would be Rocky Mountain High by John Denver, uh, the, the, the he in that song is John Denver himself, even though he's writing in the third person. So anyway, and then there's going to be an antagonist, most likely. And usually there's going to be some form of an antagonist, even if they aren't another person. So in a breakup song, the antagonist is probably the person you're breaking up with. Probably. But in a lot of songs, the antagonist is not going to be a person. And ultimately, there are several types of antagonists. One, of course, is just a straight-up villain, right? So a villain would be, you know, the Joker or Darth Vader, right? Not only do they represent an opposition to what the protagonist wants, but also they are evil. But you can also have someone who's an antagonist, right? They're, they're, what they want is at odds with what your main character or protagonist wants, but they're not necessar necessarily evil, Right, so 
take a court uh, a breakup song where you are not presenting the person breaking up with you as a villain or the person you're breaking up with as a villain, right? They might be an antagonist. They are working against what you want. You want to maintain a relationship. They do not want to maintain a relationship. Therefore, what they want is directly at odds with what you want. But that doesn't necessarily mean they are you are presenting them as if they are a villain, right? Very different if you say she cheated on me and she left me for some other idiot who's taller and better looking than me. And, you know, because now you're presenting her as a villain versus, you know, something where you could even go so far as to present her as sympathetic. So that's kind of the obvious side of an antagonist character. But I think maybe in a more important thing to talk about that's less obvious is how an antagonist can also be some external inanimate force. For example, if your song utilizes the symbolism of a woman trying to fight against the current to get back to shore, the water or the current would be the antagonist, right? The, the current, the water, nature, is working against what the woman wants in this story. Now, really, you know, it's not a villain, right? It's, it's literally just nature. It's, it's just naturally occurring. It's not like the the water is mean, right? It just it just is doing what it does and it happens to be in conflict with what the woman wants in this symbolic story. Right? Or like the iceberg in Titanic, you could say is sort of an antagonist. It's not necessarily, but it it, it's, it is an antagonist, I guess. In the sense that if, if you were to say that they want to be for, together forever and the iceberg is what makes it so that that can't be the case. Right, so it is sort of an antagonist, I guess. That would be another example of it's not a villain, right? The iceberg is not the villain of Titanic. Um, it it is simply an antagonist in the sense that it stands in the way of what the two main characters want. So, I think it's important to think through what your antagonist is going to be, because they probably will be present throughout your song. And they're going to be central to your conflict, which is going to be important. It's going to be the next thing we're going to talk about here. But uh, just just as a, a side point here, or, or really maybe the main point, I should say, it's important to have fleshed out characters. I think it's easy to be lazy about characters with songwriting, especially because usually we take for granted like, oh, the main character is me. But even that, right, if I write a song from my perspective on something that happened to me 10 years ago, me, the character 10 years ago, is very different than me, the character today. I might have a completely different opinion on what happened then than I do now, right? So, you know, an example of this could be at the time when somebody broke up with you, you saw them as a horrible villain, but in time, you're like, you know what? you know, it still sucks, but ultimately they, they didn't really do anything wrong and they meant well, right? So it may, so it may be the case that even if the main character, the protagonist is you, it might be the case that it's worth fleshing it out. It's worth really going back to how you felt at that time, or if it's future you, that is the main character, how you would feel. And overall, I'd recommend basically do some prose writing that's almost like journaling from your protagonist's perspective and possibly give that character some backstory that's not directly in the song, right? This will help to make your character come to life a little bit more and feel more real, especially if it's not you. I think it's easier if it's just you to maybe not have to do this because you have your entire backstory is like formulates your worldview that informs your songs. But especially if you're writing about a separate character from yourself, I think it can be really helpful to make them feel more real. If you just do a bit of prose writing, almost journaling from their perspective, give them some backstory. So if your song starts as, you know, the story is like, a sympathetic look at a woman who's trying to keep her marriage together, but her husband won't stay faithful or something. Um, 
you know, giving her a backstory that's like, oh, you know, her dad cheated on her mom, right? Like that, that's, that's an interesting piece that will somewhat inform how she would react to certain things or, or, you know, the opposite that, that her dad was the, the model husband or that she's been cheated on once before or that she was with somebody before and, and she cheated on them. So now it's it's like, you know, it's happening to her now. Does she deserve this, right? All of these things will inform how she responds and how she acts in this context. So fleshing that out a little bit can be helpful. Again, it doesn't need to be directly in the song. You don't need to even, like you can figure out that for your character, you've decided that she actually cheated on, some, on somebody else before. Let's say this is her second husband. She cheated on her first husband. So now she she deals with elements of guilt. You don't have to explain why in the song, but it can still be present there or at least inform how she acts. But you don't actually need to touch on that backstory at all directly in the song. You can just have it in your head and that will help make the character feel more real. Also, I would highly recommend keeping your characters to a limit of like two. Right. So you're either going to have so you're, you're almost definitely going to have, you know, the protagonist that you're definitely going to have. It may or may not be you. And then you're going to have some form of antagonist, whether that be sort of just a force, not really a character like the water, the the um, the current from my example of the woman trying to fight against the current to go back to shore. So in that symbolic conflict in that symbolic story of a woman trying to get back to the shore but has to fight the current the current would be the antagonist right you don't you don't need other people in the water to to muddy your song is going to be like 4 minutes right don't have too many characters maybe you can pull off 3 i i feel i feel like 3 is is getting towards a hard limit i guess i could see a scenario where each verse is you and a different character i i could maybe see that working but for the most part uh, you're probably going to have two or three. And usually in the case of three, uh, that's counting one of them as a third-person narrator as a character in the story, which they may or may not be in the story themselves as a third-person narrator. Again, if you want more about point of view and songs, I think I have four podcasts on the different the four different points of view, which is first person, second person, third person, and direct address. Direct address is by far the most common for what it's worth. And third person is probably second most common. Uh, second person is exceptionally rare, but still interesting to learn. So if you're interested in that in a, in a deeper dive, go check that out. But again, just as a brief recap, characters probably limited to two, maybe three. If you're at four, you should really start to be like, hmm, should I though? Uh, and, and this doesn't count like if you have a, a group, right? So, for example, I have a song called Whispers of Angels, angels plural, and the angels are the villain of the song, really. Um, but it's, it's, it's multiple, right? But I never specify how many, and really it's a singular character, even though it's angels plural, because it's never like, well, this angel does this and this angel does that and that. Ain't. No, no, no. It's, it's angels together acting as one villainous entity. Uh, inspired by Doctor Who's Weeping Angels, actually. But anyway, conflict. Conflict is created by the meeting of the protagonist and antagonist. Protagonist wants one thing. The antagonist wants something that is in conflict with what the protagonist wants. And sometimes the antagonist doesn't really want something, like in the example of nature. Nature doesn't want anything, right? The, the, the current that the woman is fighting against, the current doesn't want anything. It's not a real character. Or it's not a real, you know, it's not, it's inanimate. But ultimately, the antagonist works to, to work against the thing that the protagonist wants. So, for example, it, the conflict for a story about you and an unhealthy addiction is between you and that addiction. Right? So if you're struggling with alcoholism or smoking cigarettes or uh, you know some, some drug or something, and that's the story, or, or you know some other character you're writing about and the drug or whichever one of those, the conflict is between that character and that addiction, right? And that character trying to overcome that. You could say that the alcoholism addiction wants you to keep drinking – and then you want you to not keep drinking. 
you know, the conflict for the woman and the current is the woman fighting the current. That 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 is the main conflict of the story. Is the can this woman overcome the current and make it to shore, or the conflict of a breakup song being probably the most obvious. Uh, so especially if your ex is presented as the villain, the conflict would be between you and your ex. Your ex wants to not be together anymore. You want to be together still. And generally speaking, your song should center around one central conflict. Again, it's a four-minute song, right? Unlike books and movies where you can have a whole bunch of different conflicts and a bunch of, you know, little small mini side conflicts, not just the main conflict and and different all different characters interacting with each other and creating all these sort of micro conflicts, if you will. No, this is a song you have four minutes. You probably have two verses and a bridge to tell your story. And then the chorus usually isn't even story driven. It's usually more about the general theme and uh, central ideas. So you usually don't have time for more than one conflict. Generally speaking, pick one conflict and make that at the centerpiece of the story that you're telling. So example, 100 years, the song 100 years. You can see this as a song of of, of a human or humans in general versus time, right? You only have 100 years to live. So, you know, time is undefeated. (laughs) Right, it's a common sports trope is father time is undefeated. Right, the idea is you know at some point every single elite athlete will eventually become not elite because age will catch up with them. There's a reason we don't have 70 year old quarterbacks or 80 year olds playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, time is undefeated, and to to some extent, right, we have a conflict with time. We theoretically want to live forever, but time is going to dictate that not be the case. So the central conflict in 100 years is really just a human dealing with the idea of their morality when you only, or or not their mortality, with you only have 100 years to live. Now we could dive into the intricacies of exactly what the conflict is, but generally speaking, that would be an example of human versus time. Overall, our conflict should have tension. And we can achieve this in our song by keeping the listener guessing how it will resolve, right? Who will win with the woman and the current? Who's going to win? Does the story end with her losing to the current and being swept away? Does she drown? Does she just get swept away to a somewhere other than where she was trying to get to, but hey, it's even better? Or does she fight against the current and get back to where she wanted to go? That's what causes the story to have tension. That's what makes the listener lean in instead of tune out. And there are other ways to do it too, besides just not knowing how it will end, right? Sometimes it's it's inevitable how this story ends, but how it ends or when it ends is the part that is intriguing. Overall, conflict is likely going to drive the story that you have that likely is going to be contained mostly in your verses. And then it also is probably going to be deeply connected to the central idea of your chorus. So conflict is likely going to be throughout your song because your verses are likely going to tell the story that relates to that conflict. But also your chorus might might even directly identify that conflict. Right. So to take 100 years for an example again, each verse goes through uh, an age, right? So the first verse is, I'm 15 for a moment. And then the second verse is, I'm 22 for a moment. And the third verse is, or you can see as the second half of the first verse. And then you can see the first part of the uh, of the second verse. There we go, I said that right. As, you know, I'm 33 for a moment. And then I'm 45 for a moment. And then eventually I'm 99 for a moment, which is that final verse. Right, so that's going through sort of the the different conflicts, sort of within life, um, but but it connects to that idea of you only have a hundred years to live, right? And there's this idea of almost like a countdown throughout that, and then the chorus itself literally identifies. You know, there's never a wish better than this when you only got a hundred years to live. It directly identifies 
you only have 100 years to live. That is the context and the main conflict basically directly identified. And that that's often what's what's going to be happening, right? You for the most part you're going to have one conflict in the song. So both your chorus and your verses are likely going to touch on it. If you have different conflicts in different verses or your the conflict of your chorus is at odds with the conflict of your verses, that likely is going to cause your song to be somewhat uh, confusing or a mess. Generally speaking, you want the conflict to be clearly represented in your verses, your bridge, and your chorus. And keep in mind, too, that good conflict often comes from people caring about how the story resolves, which often comes from caring about the characters, which often comes from somewhat being able to relate to the characters, whether it's that the character reminds them of someone they know and care about or reminds them of, of themselves, whatever that might be. So these things tend to be very connected. So taking the time to flesh out your characters and make your characters somebody that people can relate to or want to cheer for can help with making it so that the conflict they care about, right? If they don't relate to the woman who's being carried away by the current or they don't think of their mother or their spouse or whatever, when they think of that woman, they might not really care as much as if they feel like they know and care about this woman that is being carried by the current. Lastly, nope, just kidding. There's two more. Plot. Plot is the progression of story from beginning to end, right? Plot is driven by the conflict. So if the conflict is you versus depression, for example, the song will revolve around you versus depression. So you might have two verses and a bridge that cover the three-part story arc, where maybe verse one is the onset of depression. Maybe you're in your 20s, minding your own business, life is good, and then all of a sudden, depression has you by the throat. Then verse two uh, is you know when depression led you to a place where someone you loved left, right? Maybe you, you lost a close friend or a spouse or a significant other or whatever it might be uh, because they, they couldn't deal with, you know, how depression made you or something. Um, and then part three, maybe in your bridge, part three of the story uh, might be your about your resolve to break from it or the story of you overcoming it enough so that it won't destroy your life uh, maybe finding someone who won't leave you o over it or whatever it might be, right? That's that's a plot that centers around that conflict, you versus depression, right? The first part is the introduction of you versus depression, the onset of it. Part two is sort of depression winning, right? They're winning the war, which if you think about it in terms, sometimes I often talk about like song story and trilogy and how often sometimes your you know your first verse second verse and bridge or first verse second verse and third verse can function almost like as a as a trilogy and often the second part in a trilogy is where everything goes wrong right think we'll go back to star wars in episode five which is of course the second part in the three-part trilogy of the original trilogy um that was worded in the most confusing way possible i know anyway it's the second movie in the original trilogy and that is where Luke Skywalker loses his hand, finds out that the villain is his dad. Uh, Han Solo is maybe going to die, right? He's, he's, he's gone. He's taken away. It turns out he doesn't die in that movie or in the next movie. Um, but regardless, everything has gone wrong for our main characters, right? So usually that second part in the trilogy is when that happens. So that might be your second verse, right? So... In, in the previous example, that's where depression sort of has the upper hand, makes you lose someone you love maybe. And then verse three, or sorry, part three, possibly happening in a verse three if you have it, possibly happening in the bridge, is about you overcoming it, right? Luke Skywalker over, overcoming, you know, the dark side and the temptation to the dark side in the end, which then results in Anakin Skywalker, who's Darth Vader, um, coming back to the light because of his son's love for him and that he refused to strike him down in anger and turn to the dark side, blah, blah, blah. I could nerd out about Star Wars forever. Um, you get the idea. So, you know, you, another, another way that a plot might develop is you might have a verse that covers how your depression affects you. And then the second verse be about how it affects your spouse. And then the last one about how it affects your family. It's a different way to express plot in the context of, a song and in fact it 
you probably could argue and would be correct that it's not really plot, given that plot usually requires a progression of time. And in theory, that's really just three perspectives on the same thing. There is no sense of time when you're just talking about here's how it affects me, here is how it affects my wife, etc. Um, but but sometimes when it comes to songwriting, we might have to think of some of these elements uh, in a more generic way, right? It's kind of like setting, right? Setting is not always going to necessarily apply to songwriting, but usually that's where imagery comes in and imagery sort of takes the role of setting. And that might be true in our plot as well, where a plot might not really be plot or we might not truly have a traditional story in our song. Not every song tells a story per se, um, at least in the traditional sense of it, it having, you know, a progression across time. Although I guess we're talking about storytelling songs here, so we don't really need to cover that element. But for what it's worth, not every song tells a story. Not every song has a progression that requires the passing of time. Um, but you still want to be thinking about how the, the story, the plot, the things you address in your verses generally and often your bridge – should be driven by that central conflict, right? In both examples I gave, even though the second one is arguably not plot in the sense that, you know, you just talking about how depression affects you and then how it affects your spouse and then how it affects your family. There's not a progression of time within that necessarily or, or a story per se, but it's still all three of those center around that central conflict of you versus depression. So when it comes to songwriting, it can be helpful to think of plot more as the, the, all the different elements that come together that are bound by your central conflict. But in traditional storytelling songs, then it will have actual plot with passing of time, like what I explained with the onset of depression, maybe in the first verse, second verse, you know, depression winning and the bridge where you overcome it, something like that. Or a breakup song might go through the main conflict points in a relationship, right? Your first fight and then your second fight and then your breakup or, you know, something else might be your first kiss and then, oh, something's wrong in the second verse and then everything's falling apart in the bridge or in that third verse. But regardless, I think the main takeaway that we should have here is any non-chorus section, and I say non-chorus because usually the chorus is handling more the big idea. It's not usually a story-driven or plot-driven, but make sure that each non-chorus section, especially verses, have a clear plot point and a clear thing that they are communicating about the story or develop or developing the general idea of the song that is a separate job than any other section has, right? So you're not telling the same story twice. You don't talk about the onset of depression in verse one and then the onset of depression in verse two and then the onset of depression again in verse three and just word it a little differently. Nope, there should be a progression. Each verse should have a distinct job. You want the plot to advance. You want it to go somewhere. And even with the example of first talking about how it affects you and then your spouse and then your family, yes, plot isn't inv advancing in the traditional sense of time is passing, but it is still advancing in that you, again, technically it's not really plot in that case, but you can still think of it as you're giving different information in each verse, so you're advancing the, in quotes, plot, uh, because you're giving more information, but ultimately, of course, it's not technically plot, but that's unimportant. Finally, resolution. Resolution is the final conclusion of the conflict. How does your song resolve, right? Is it a triumphant announcement of your defeated addiction? Is it your relative's eventual tragic loss to cancer or to a dangerous addiction? Is it realizing that the thing you wanted the whole time, you really didn't want at all? Right? So like, take a breakup song where you're trying to win them back, but then in the end you're like, you know what? I deserve better. Or in the end you meet someone else and you're like, wow, this person actually loves me for me instead of for, I don't know, my money or <laughs> something. I don't know. Something like that. Um or is it, you know, that you eventually lose to time? A <laughs> hundred years ends with, you know, I'm 99 for a moment. 
I'm dying for just another moment. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't go all the way to 100, but, you know, you're on the doorstep of death by the end of that song. So <laughs> so the resolution of that song is you only had that 100 years to live. Um, you know, or, or maybe you realize that having a finite time on Earth isn't something that's depressing and isn't something that that you're is going to that you're going to let get you down. Instead, it's motivating to go make the most of it because life is precious. Right. If if life went on forever, it would kind of lose its preciousness. Right. Because then it would just be same old, same old. But if you know you only have 100 years to live, that should give you a bit of a fire to like go go live. Right. So the resolution overall is your chance to choose to relieve the tension of your song plot-wise, that has built up due to the story and the conflict, or to choose not to resolve it, or to resolve it in an unexpected way. So the resolution of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman has uh, arguably some things resolved. It's at least implied that she's made it on her own because it says that she makes enough money to pay the bills. Uh, but the the conflict and the plot of the significant other is left up in the air because the last line of the song is you got to make a decision, leave tonight or live and die this way. So we never know what decision that person makes, right? We don't know if that relationship works out. Now, I would argue based on the tone of the song, it's implied that it won't, but technically it's left open-ended. And, and she also leaves this open-ended on a verse, right? It, this, that song ends with a part of a verse that ends with that line that I just gave. You gotta make a decision, leave tonight, or live and die this way. So that song does not resolve completely. The plot is not tied up, which I think can be a great way to end a song. I'm, I'm personally a, a huge fan of songs that, that don't answer all your questions and don't tie everything up in a bow. Uh, it, it's kind of like Inception, Right, the fact that Inception ended with that top, and we don't know whether it was going to fall over or not, is what makes it so that, you know, to this day people will still discuss that. And certainly for weeks and months, that was like with your friends. You're talking about like, you know, one friend is like, no, it totally was going to fall over, and then someone else is like, no, no, it wasn't going to fall over. And somebody else says, actually, the main point is that it doesn't matter whether it was going to fall over or not. Because really the idea is Leo's character didn't care. And, you know, and that's what creates all the interesting discussion around it. That's what makes, it's a part of what makes that movie so memorable besides just being an amazing movie through and through. Or Cats in the Cradle has a more definitive resolve, right? The father ironically kind of gets what he wants. His actions earlier is I'm too busy and he's prioritizing wanting other things other than time with his son. And eventually, ironically, he gets that. But turns out he didn't want it at all, right? Because the the the, the tide turns. And now it's the son that doesn't have time for the father and the father that wants time with the son. So ironically, he got what he wanted. Uh, but turns out that's not really what he wanted. And in that case, the story is actually resolved in the bridge, which is a pretty common place for a story to be resolved. It's usually not resolved in your course. For the record. So usually your resolution will be in your bridge or possibly possibly in your final chorus, especially if you have choruses where the lyrics change every time, then sometimes that's an opportunity to wrap it in your final chorus. But it's most likely going to be in your bridge or in your final verse. And that usually depends on which one's last, right? If your bridge, if you're doing verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, the last non-chorus section is the bridge. So that's going to conclude uh, your plot. That's going to resolve it. Um, but if you have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, then your third verse is probably going to wrap up the song. Or in Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, where the song actually ends on a part of a verse, that's usually where the story will resolve. Um, ultimately, when so, – something to think about. When your song is resolved on your bridge, it makes the bridge – the climax of your story or of your lyrics, right? Because that's where the conflict comes to a head and where things are resolved. But it keeps your final chorus, your musical climax, often. This is not necessarily the case, but usually this is the case, right? But if you think about it with stories and with movies, the conflict 
there's just one conflict, right? There's not two different, like, like there is one, or sorry, there's not one conflict. That's not what I meant to say. There's one climax, right? There might be many climaxes throughout the movie, but ultimately there is the one ultimate climax, the final fight between Batman and the Joker, the final fight between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker and the Emperor, which isn't really a fight because the Emperor just kind of owns him until Darth Vader is like, you know what? I should probably save my son. Um, so it's interesting that in a song, because there's sort of two parts, the music and the lyrics, that technically you can have a different climax in the music than you have in the lyrics. And this is actually most often what's going to happen when you have your story resolve and come to its climax in your bridge or in a verse. But usually the climax musically of a song is almost definitely going to be its final chorus in most standard structures, right? It's very rare that the climax musically is the bridge, and then you're, like, disappointed by the final chorus, right? Like, no, the bridge builds into that epic final chorus, usually. So it's, it's when you think about it, it's a little weird that sometimes we, we, we have... Two different climaxes. The musical climax says, you know, the, the the climax of the song is in your final course. But the story climax says, no, the climax of the song is in, say, your bridge. And <clears throat> if you've listened for a while, you probably have heard me talk about what I like to call a finale. A finale technically would be what you would call a coda section. Uh, but I call it a finale because when I say finale, I don't just mean a coda section. And coda section is very vague and generic and doesn't really mean anything besides it's a piece of music that you play at the end that is not something that just could be handled by a repeat sign. It's really more of a music theory concept. They would actually like see a coda or really not even music theory. It's really a uh, sheet music concept, really, um, where, you know, you would go to the coda at the end of a song. And sometimes it's literally just like one phrase. Sometimes it's literally one chord. Like, hey, you ended on the sixth chord all the other times, but at the, the last time you play the chorus, end on the one chord. So the song sounds resolved or something like that. Regardless, I like to call it a finale. The specific thing I'm talking about, because technically it's a coda, but if you had a Venn diagram, a finale would be inside of a coda. Every finale is a coda, but not every coda is a finale. Um, but anyway, the main idea of a finale is like a bridge, it is a lyric and a section, music section, that only happens once in the song. Right, that's kind of what makes your bridge special. Verses repeat musically, choruses usually repeat musically and lyrically. A bridge is the one part that you go to usually once and then you're done. That music never repeats and that um, slash melody specifically, mu using music generally, right? Usually it's a different chord progression and a different melody. It's at least a different melody. And then also the lyrics happen only once. And a chorus operates as the climax of your song musically, almost always, right? It's, it's that, that high point of the song that everybody remembers, but it repeats. A finale is a combination of it is tends to be more story-driven, like a bridge tends to be, and it also only plays once, like a bridge, but like a chorus, and actually operates as the musical climax of the song. So really, you could boil down my concept of what a finale is, which I'm definitely pitching you to go out and use, as taking the fact that normally you have two climaxes that are kind of at odds with each other in a lot of songs, especially story-driven ones, where the climax of the story is in the bridge, but the climax of the music is in the chorus. When you have a finale, the climax for both is in the finale because the finale should be at the end of your song as because finale. And, but also it should basically feel like I thought the chorus was the main highlight of the song and the biggest part of the song, the most epic part of the song. And then the finale happened and it even one upped that. So it's musically should be the climax. And also it usually tends to be story driven and tends to wrap up the story. So it also allows you to have the plot or resolution 
that final, you know, conflict getting resolved, the climax of the story in the same part, which is just a part of the beauty of a finale, in my opinion. I think I have a whole episode about finales for what it's worth, if you're interested in diving deeper, because I know this podcast is going long. So in summary, what are the main elements to effective storytelling yourself? You want to have setting, whether it be an imagery setting, right? It's not, it's, it doesn't have to be literal. Or whether that's just, you know, g- giving some imagery to give people an idea of the setting of the song, whether it's happening at home or in a coffee shop or on the edge of a volcano or uh, walking down a, a beautiful beach or walking through, you know, the sewers or city streets or whatever it might be. And you want to usually do that early. That way that imagery can flow down. To go back to the Pat Patterson uh Specifically, how he lays it out, he basically puts it like if you put paint at the top of a wall, right, gravity will bring the paint down so that the paint eventually comes all the way to the ground. So if you put it at the top of your song, at the beginning of your song, similarly, the gravity will bring it down and make it so that that imagery will be throughout your song. Even if you never mention it again, you can have a line at the beginning that makes it clear you're walking down a beach on an ocean, like an ocean beach with the waves hitting the shore and people will visualize that for the rest of the song even if you don't mention it ever again. Characters, make sure to actually think about characters because the narrator might be separate than the main character, especially if you're doing third person, for example. You might be just the narrator and not the character. You might be the main character, uh, but then you're not, you 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 are not the narrator. Uh there might there may or may not be an antagonist and thinking about an antagonist in a broader light than just a villain because antagonists are not necessarily just villains right it doesn't have to be another person it can literally be an inanimate force like the example of the current for the woman versus the current uh conflict overall this is what moves the story forward this is what gives tension this is what makes us care about continuing to listen the conflict of you know protagonist versus antagonist again whether that antagonist is Actually, a character or not is besides the point. It doesn't need to be. In fact, most songs probably don't have an antagonist that is a person. Probably most songs are about the conflict within. So oftentimes the antagonist is going to be yourself, actually. Right? So you struggling with your own addiction is, depending on how you perceive it, you can you can characterize as your addiction as separate from yourself, right? As a different character. Or it can be presented as if it is it is you yourself right you're your own worst enemy and really can be presented in either way which probably could be a whole episode in and of itself but throw that in there right like you 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 can treat your addiction as if it's separate from you or you can treat it as if it's just you yourself um plot generally speaking this is going to be happening in your verses and in your bridge likely plot is not really advanced in the chorus for what it's worth, but you want to make sure that each verse, each bridge has a reason to exist. And then finally, the resolution. This is your chance. Leave people hanging, like in Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, or your chance to resolve it and nice tight bow and make people really satisfied and be able to turn off the radio after they hear your song because it's basically the lyrical equivalent of ending on a one chord, right? Like, boom, it's resolved. Or you can... And the Tracy Chapman fast car sense, right? That's like ending on a minor six chord. Like, oh, don't know where this is going to go. Or maybe ending on a major five chord where it badly wants to resolve. Like, yeah, I have to know. How's this end? But you're not actually going to be told. Um, regardless, it's your resolution is your chance to choose how you resolve the plot or don't resolve the plot. Uh, which which allows you to be able to leave people hanging or make it feel like it's wrapped up in a bow in a similar way to what you can do musically uh, by choosing what chord you end on. Hopefully this was helpful to you because this was a long, long episode. I'm sorry about that. This was not supposed to be that long. So I will be short and brief in this end. If you haven't already and you appreciate this podcast, great way that you can help me out is just by leaving a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen if they have reviews there. Uh, I think I'm basically caught up on emails. 
Um, so if, if, if you sent me an email and I didn't respond, may, maybe resend it. Cause I, I think I'm caught up outside of probably a few from the last week. But, uh, if you sent one like three weeks ago and I haven't responded, that is probably an accident on my part. But thank you to all of you who shoot out emails. Thank you to all of you for listening, especially to extra long ones like this. I certainly hope it was helpful after all that time you just spent. If not, please forgive me. I will try to be briefer in the next one. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to check out my my free guide, songwritetheory.com slash free guide. If you're interested for 10 different ways to start writing a song, regardless, I will talk to you in the next one.